Hey everyone, this is Ray Hilbert, your host here at Bottom Line Faith. We hope that during this time of the global pandemic that you and yours are safe and sound. Over the next few weeks, we're going to be presenting to you some of the best of episodes that we have recorded over the last few years here at Bottom Line Faith. We're doing this in order to bring you some of the best high-profile and specialized speakers to help you navigate this crisis in your leadership in the marketplace. We'll be back with you soon with some new episodes of Bottom Line Faith, but for now, we hope and pray that this episode will be of tremendous value to help you live out your faith in the marketplace. And now, the show that bridges the gap between faith and business. Welcome to Bottom Line Faith. On today's show, Larry Griffith, CEO of Corporate Chaplains of America. Proverbs 29:25. The fear of man is a trap. I need to live my life for an audience of one. If I go back and I, I look at times where I've stumbled and I've struggled, I think it's often been because I've been too concerned about what others think. If I live for God completely, then He's going to take care of the rest, and I will be living in the fruit of the Spirit. Well, hello, everyone. This is Ray Hilbert. I am your host here at Bottom Line Faith, and this is the program where we bridge the gap between faith and business and leadership in the marketplace. You know, the late Dr. Billy Graham once said that I believe that one of the next great moves of God is going to be through believers in the workplace. And after more than three decades of caring for individuals in the military, the academic world, and now also the marketplace, Larry Griffith has seen the great need for the workplace ministry movement. And it's with that introduction, I am pleased to welcome to our program here at Bottom Line Faith, Larry Griffith, who is the CEO of Corporate Chaplains of America, coming to us out of North Carolina. Larry, welcome to Bottom Line Faith. Well, Ray, it's a delight to be here. Thank you so much for the invitation. Well, Larry, you know, you and I had an opportunity roughly a year ago. You and I had a chance to have lunch together and get to know one another. And I was so excited. I, I couldn't wait for this day to come that where we could continue that conversation only this time on the Bottom Line Faith program. And so when we met a year ago, you were fairly new in your role as the CEO there at Corporate Chaplains America, and we're going to hear your story. But before we get into your pathway and your journey, let's just spend a few moments. Let's talk about Corporate Chaplains of America. In fact, I'm sure there's some listeners now go, what's a corporate chaplain? I've never heard that before. Maybe some of our listeners have heard of the the term corporate chaplain, but may not fully understand it. So walk us through who is Corporate Chaplains of America and what do you do? I'd love to do that, Ray. Uh, you know, Corporate Chaplains of America has been around for uh, more than 22 years now. And you know, when we think about employees at work, everyone offers some type of insurance coverage, a benefit for people's body, the medical, dental, and vision. But when you think about people, they're, they're more than their body. They're, they have their minds and their hearts. And oftentimes, those can be the most broken parts of people's lives. So really at Corporate Chaplains of America, we are like the employee benefit for folks' minds and their spirits so that we can address that benefit gap and, and really help folks with all of the mental and spiritual anguish that they deal with in, in, in the 21st century. And so when we think about that in the context, it really requires a special person. What excites me the most about being at Corporate Chaplains of America are our chaplains. They're just they're just unbelievable people. They're men and women who are called to be a full-time 
uh, chaplain in the workplace, and it com- comes with a unique skill set. They, they all have seven to ten years of work experience outside of ministry where they've punched a clock, they've worked out of a cubicle, they've been in office, they've been on, on a loading dock, and it requires this really rigorous hiring process as we go through 38 chaplains, as we would call it, to get to that one chaplain that we would hire through all types of background and job testing to really lead to that one person. And then, then we go into really intense training, Ray, that starts with their initial chaplain training all the way through levels of certification. So they're really equipped for every good work uh, in the marketplace. So as they're, they're hired and they're trained, you think about, you know, how does it work? Well, it's really, it's really relationship evangelism. They come alongside people. They build relationships in a totally permission-based way. They share uh, the good news of Jesus Christ, and everything is completely confidential. And they would make weekly rounds, like a doctor would make rounds at a hospital, and that would lead to care sessions more in-depth. And then they're available 24-7, 365 for crisis care. And so in a nutshell, that's really what chaplains do. And it's just an incredible way for an owner or an executive to differentiate themselves and really care for their workplace. That is very, very exciting. And and I personally, over the last 15, 18 years, have become very familiar with the chaplaincy model. But I would assume we have many of our listeners, Larry, who are not, and perhaps they're just learning about some of the, the details and the intricacies of this for the first time. So I think I heard you say that Corporate Chaplains of America has been around for, did you say 22 years? Is that correct? That's correct. And although the concept of chaplaincy in the marketplace, it's not exactly a, a spring chicken, right? This has been around for a while. Could you speak a little bit to maybe some origin of this concept? In the United States, you know, the origin really goes back to World War I, uh, as the military uh, offered chaplains uh, to, the, uh, to the young men that were going to Europe uh, to, to fight in, 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 that, in that horrible war. And and really, from that time, certainly the military has chaplains across the board, as uh, do uh, police forces, the United States Congress, certainly uh, professional uh, athletic teams uh, across the board, hospitals. So it's a lot more common. We just don't think of it necessarily kind of in the marketplace. And so uh, in the companies that we serve, we've just seen that it, at first it's that interesting kind of a almost an anomaly, but once it gets embedded into an organization, it's just so natural and normal and so needed. That's really great because there, there's a lot of our areas and segments of society that we've heard the term chaplain, you know, as you mentioned, the military and hospitals and even sports teams and organizations, and yet there is a very important niche that, that's being filled here in the marketplace with a corporate chaplain. So you mentioned this term, making rounds that a chaplain will make rounds inside a company. Would you elaborate on that just for a moment so I could better understand what you mean by that? Yeah, absolutely. So we, we serve companies from from just a couple dozen to 17,000, public and private. But ultimately, say if I were the chaplain, Ray, and you were the owner of a business, so every Tuesday, so there'd be something with a real rhythm that people would expect. Folks would know I would come around your office or your um, your factory or whatever type of business that you run, and uh, I would just kind of go through there, and I would, I would just have a, a brief hello, and I would just begin to know people's names and their lives. And again, that's what would lead to a more in-depth conversation that we would call a care session. Okay, so I think this is probably a great place for you to share 
the mission statement at CCI. I think this is clear and concise and straight to the point. This will really help our audience understand what you all are about. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, We build caring relationships with the hope of gaining permission to share the life-changing good news of Jesus Christ in a non-threatening manner. And the real key there, Ray, is the the gaining permission and the non-threatening. Because the number one question that we get from folks, actually the first question I asked when I got uh, the call about considering this opportunity was, is this legal? And what makes it legal in a pluralistic society is that it's all permission-based, so the employee's always in control. If you talk about anything spiritual, and if they don't want to, that's fine. We love them right where they are, and it's always in a non-threatening manner. Okay, and so uh, I love that, and we're building these relationships, gaining permission, gaining trust, and those sorts of things. So, Larry, maybe just share one or two of the functions or maybe a story or an example of something unique and powerful that one of your chaplains would offer in a, co- in a corporate setting. Yeah, absolutely. This is so representative of what our people do day in, day out. This happened to be in the emergency room of a hospital. An employee that a chaplain built a relationship with had been shot three times. And so he shows up in the emergency room, and there's the man's wife, and and there's the man's girlfriend. And actually, another girlfriend is the one that shot him three times. And so he's trying to sort through this. As you can imagine, there was a lot of angst in the room, and Mm. uh, it was uh, very emotionally charged as he's trying to minister to, to all three of these people, because it's not only a benefit for the employee, but it's actually for the employee and their family. So uh, he's trying to work through that, and it was it was quite draining. And so he's done. Uh, he was tempted to just go home and just just get some R and R. But he, again, because God's given him a heart of a chaplain, he's really called to this as full time ministry. He went back to the place of business, and there, on the loading dock, he saw another employee that he built a great relationship with over time, and he could just tell by his countenance that something was wrong. And so he went off and he asked him how he was doing, and he said that his his wife had just left him. And he asked if he could have permission to pray for him. And you know, quite often employees are they really welcome that, but occasionally they don't. But typically they do. And he said absolutely. And so he prayed with him, and he asked permission to just engage in a conversation around that. And he did. And he ultimately led that man to Christ that day. And then he went on to provide marital counseling to that man and his estranged wife. They not only got back together, but she received the Lord as well. And that that family is restored and healthy and whole just because of the power of the gospel. And really, this chaplain building, carrying relationships in hopes of gaining permission to share the life-changing good news of Jesus Christ in a non-threatening manner. I love it. And I I, I know this, uh, Larry, having walked alongside of CCA for about 15 years, we could spend hours and hours just talking about these kind of stories, right? I mean, it's just endless the way God is using your chaplains in, in companies across the country. Yeah, I, I would I would share this with you, Ray. You know, we're seeing just over 2,000 people a year come to Christ in the American workplace. Would you say that one more time? We see over 2,000 people a year coming to Christ All in right. the American workplace through the ministry of these chaplains. And so it's our it's our objective with the vision that God's given us is that by the year 2023, we want to see that be 6,000. Because as less and less workers go to church, uh, we become more more of a post-Christian country. And I think the light of the gospel uh, is just so needed uh, to take it to the highways and the byways. That's where people are. So we're so excited for owners that give us that platform to serve their employees in that way. And 
Like the month of August, as an example, Ray, we saw 267 folks come to Christ in the month of August alone this year. So it's just such a such an exciting place to be to see God moving in the lives of men and women. Oh, I think it's it's just stunning. And I, I would submit there probably are some churches, maybe even denominations around the country that aren't seeing those kind of numbers. And it's not just about the numbers. We're talking real souls. We're talking real people here. And so, Larry, just um, just for a moment, uh, let, let's assume that I'm listening and I'm a, a Christ follower and I own a business or I lead a company, and I'm thinking to myself, hey, this sounds great, but I kind of see myself as the chaplain of the organization. I kind of see myself as the spiritual leader for my company. What thoughts would you have to kind of help me process uh, through that in comparison to what you all do with corporate chaplaincy? Well, number one, I think that's really admirable uh, that an owner would would take that so seriously and really care for their people. In fact, I, I quite honestly, Ray, I would say that was me. Uh, I spent 17 years with a publicly traded company called Altel, uh, and during that time I really tried to care for my employees. I think what I missed and what may be, often be the blind spot of folks that had that same perspective I did is what people are willing to tell the boss or the owner. So when we think about the United States, you know, 40 million people live in the state of California. And that's the same number of people in America that regularly visit pornographic websites. And pornography is an example of a sin that gets its power from being secret and it destroys people's lives and destroys marriages and families. So are you really going to go to the owner and talk about something kind of of that nature? And I think in our experience, we would find that they won't. Because you don't want to tarnish your reputation. You don't want to jeopardize uh, your career. And you want to be thought of well. And it's, a, it's also a reason why so oftentimes we don't talk about these things, even in our church bodies, because we, we're more interested in guarding our reputation. And so when we think about John chapter 3... I think that's the picture of a chaplain. You know, Nicodemus came to Jesus at nighttime because he didn't want other people to know that he was coming to Jesus. And so folks can go to a chaplain that's completely confidential, and they can have those discussions, which ultimately lead to, how do I find eternal life? And an owner, you know, praying for your people, caring for your people, that's a wonderful thing, but you can only go so far. And I think as our nation becomes more and more post-Christian, and quite frankly, dysfunctional, it's important that this, this issue of confidentiality is going to make it harder and harder to minister when you're the leader or the owner. Oh, that's fantastic. And and I think that's just so spot on, and um, also um, it can help relieve some of the, the pressure that that owner or that leader might be feeling. It, there's a separation from a legality standpoint and so forth. So if I'm a, a business owner, business leader, and I'm really intrigued by what I've heard so far, how can I find out more information on Corporate Chaplains of America? What's the best way for me to learn more? Yeah, it's a great question. So chaplain.org uh, is our website, and if you go to our website, there's a link there to ask for more information. That's the best place to go, and somebody will follow up with you very promptly. And you know, the, again, the really cool thing is we, we serve every standard industry code from law firms to steel foundries. We serve everything imaginable. So I think that when you go to the website, you put in the information concerning uh, your interests, we'll be able to tailor a solution for you and your business and your circumstances and just really have that discussion because we, from the very get-go, we always want to establish caring relationships, and that includes as the conversations as people have interest and just 
exploring whether chaplaincy would be something that God's calling them, them to do for their business. Thank you so much. So that's chaplain.org, right? That's the website, chaplain.org. It is, chaplain.org. And I want to transition in just a moment, Larry, to more of your background and story and, and let our audience get to know you a little bit better. But I would love to share just from a personal standpoint, I have a dear friend of mine who is is now a client of Corporate Chaplains of America, and they've got roughly 70 employees. But a number of years ago, he was not a client company. I don't really know that he knew a lot about you, but he called me one day, and he was really distraught, and he said, Ray, he says, I don't know what to do. We, One of our young employees this morning was found dead in his apartment of suicide, and uh, what can we do? Because we're grieving here, our company, we don't know what to do, we really don't know how to address this. And I said to him, let me make a phone call. And Larry, I was able to call in, talk with one of your leaders, and literally that day, one of your chaplains drove a long distance to go spend the afternoon with that company just to care for the leadership, the ownership, and the employee base, just to go and share the love of Christ with them and help them through a, t- through a time of grief. And it had such a wonderful, wonderful impact and this wasn't even a client company, had such a wonderful impact. It really helped that company transition through that difficult time. And so there are thousands and thousands of these kind of stories that we could share about the power of chaplaincy. So Larry, with that in mind, let's learn a little bit more about you. you you're new in the role for roughly a year. Just give us a snapshot of kind of your corporate career path leading into the role as a CEO there at uh, Corporate Chaplains of America. Yeah, absolutely, Ray. Uh, I started my career as a uh, young naval officer. I spent six years in the Navy, and uh, it was interesting. During that time on my second ship, uh, actually, I served as uh, the Protestant chaplain or lay minister. Since we only had a Catholic priest, God was kind of planting seeds uh, in my heart uh, for this role I'd be in today when I had no idea. Uh, From there, I went to uh, work for a company called Altel, and Altel was an old a wireline uh, company, if we remember what those are, uh, when we all had uh, home <laughs> phones and right. business phones. And something new was coming on the scene uh, called wireless, right? I kind of started at the beginning of that. I spent uh, 17 years with them in uh, financial management, uh, from finance to sales management to general management, and ultimately became an officer in uh in the firm, and my, my final P&L with them was $1.5 billion in the Southeast. And it was just such a great ride. There were so many wonderful people, just a great culture. We went private, and then uh, we were acquired by Verizon, which, which led to the final leg of my professional journey before Corporate Chaplains of America, and that was working at my alma mater, Geneva College, outside of Pittsburgh, as kind of the chief business officer, as an EVP, kind of a COO, CFO type on the, the non-academic side of the college. Uh, and that was great because it really gave me some, some non-profit experiences. And a great Christian college, and it was, it was great ministry. But I, I think the thing I found that whether I was a naval officer or I was a corporate executive or I was uh, working at uh, an academic non-profit is that all of life is ministry. At what point did the integration of your faith really begin to play an important role for you in your career path? How did those two worlds become intersected for you? Yeah, Ray, I think it, it probably started way back in my Navy time. I think it's really because of the way I was blessed as far as the home I was born into. My parents came to Christ six years before I was born, 
so my earliest memories are just being integrated and just soaked in God's Word. And I think that made the, the difference. So to me, you know, faith uh, and life were one. And I think as a young man, uh, beginning my career, there was no time to bifurcate my work life and my faith life. Mm-hmm. And this whole false paradigm of the secular sacred divide would be maybe the one of the biggest advice that I would give to the listening audience is just to reject that and know that all of life is worship. We think about Romans 12, too, as we offer up our lives as a living sacrifice to the Lord Jesus, our holy, reasonable act of worship. That is as much certainly on Monday as it is on Sunday. So, I don't know, we're approaching the 100 episodes here on Bottom Line Faith, and and it's very rare, Larry, that someone very, very early on was kind of absorbed and bathed in this concept that faith and business and leadership, it's really all one and the same. But that's a pretty rare story. So then as you kind of think back through career and so forth, what is maybe one of the hardest seasons you went through in leadership in your business career, or maybe a big challenge, or maybe a big mistake that you made? But talk to us about a hard time in your career where your faith really helped you pull through. Well, I can think of a few things, Ray, but if I, if I, I focus on kind of my, my first general manager job, it was the first time I had to deal with a reduction in force. Mm. And saying that my, my faith was my work and my work was my faith, I'd really been building caring relationships, which is, again, why I love our mission statement at CCA so much. But I'd been building relationships with everyone on the team, and, and now I had to let a good percentage of them go. And I think for me, it really started with prayer, which I think is the same way that we live our lives and I try to live my life, and really seeking wisdom from above and and knowing that God cares as much about the decisions I need to make in the workplace as He cares about the sermon the pastor's preparing uh, right now for Sunday morning and wherever, uh, whatever church any listener attends, and that they're one and the same. The book of James says, if any of us lacks wisdom that we should ask, and I certainly lack wisdom quite often. So I ask, and I see the Lord does freely want to give when we ask in faith. And I think in that specific example, we had a very conventional path that kind of came down from corporate as far as how to do the reduction in force, and I just felt led that that wasn't right. And uh, I went to, uh, to my leader at the time, and I proposed a different plan as to how to approach that which really blessed the folks that we could we could keep, and it kind of changed up from the standard game plan. But then also, really, with those that I had to let go, uh, really praying over those people, and then after that moment, really following up with them and helping them land on their feet somewhere and just showing them, I think that we care. I, I think at the end of the day, it's the back half of the Great Commandment, you know, that we should love our neighbor as ourselves. It's really treating people the way that we would, but not in our own strength, but in the strength of the Holy Spirit. Well, that really was going that extra mile of, of living out the faith, because it's, unless you're just like a troll, <laughs> it is very difficult to lay someone off knowing that their families, their livelihoods, and so forth are going to be impacted. So that's just part of it. It's just difficult as a human being. But going that extra mile, you talked about the additional follow-up and going through the follow-through. It sounds like that's really where your faith had a had a way to really play itself out. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think that you know, realizing that people are not assets to be used in a business uh, to, to generate net income, but rather uh, people are eternal and they're outlived every business. 
that we can imagine. And you think about how many of the great brands that we've all known that uh, no longer exist, and, and some that are on the brink of extinction, you know, that everything in this life is transient except for God's Word, uh, and people that He made that are eternal, and um, trying to make an impact in people's lives, you know, again, through through our Father in Heaven, and just trying to help them on their journey, and, and hopefully help them find eternal life uh, through loving them well. Yeah, I, I had a recent guest, and I he made this statement, Larry, and it's just rang true, and I've just thought of this so many times. That he, he made the statement that relationships are the currency of heaven, mm. and that's exactly what you're talking about there, and I, I think that's very, very encouraging. So your last P&L responsibility at Alltel was like a billion and a half dollars, is that correct? That's correct, Ray. You were in a large corporate environment. Was there ever a time or a situation where maybe your faith was tested, or maybe you felt some pressure up against that, or to compromise that, or maybe even a a sense of persecution. Being in a large environment, of course, this wouldn't be a commentary on the company itself, but just can you think of a time where your faith was tested and you kind of had to live it out in a in a very forward way? Yeah, Ray, there were you know, many times, but one that, uh, that comes to mind uh, is you know, I was following a very highly successful leader uh, in the role, and I would say this leader was brilliant. And actually, he was promoted to become, become the national boss of, of this, this region of the country. And so my boss just used to run the region that I'm now responsible for. And he had instituted really very highly effective meetings that really held frontline representatives accountable for results. The problem with it is it led to really high turnover and really low morale. But it was effective as far as driving bottom line results. And um, as I think about kind of trying to use Luke 10:27, which is a, a very popular, perhaps the most popular Bible verse of corporate chaplains of America, kind of is my plumb line for life, loving God with all of my heart, mind, soul, and strength, and my neighbor is myself. It just didn't square up. I knew that in my heart that I needed to shift the paradigm of performance management to a Matthew 25 paradigm. So not that Christianity means it's everything goes and and we're just going to love everyone, but rather kind of the accountability around the talents and trying to view people as the treasure, setting people up for success. And we kind of shifted holding managers accountable for investing in their people and delivering results. So so that all sounds great. The challenge was I was changing what basically got my boss promoted, mm. and that there was a lot of risk there. But I knew that despite number one, following biblical principles, and then number two, kind of the clear reading of the Holy Spirit in my life. It was the right thing to do, and and as God always does, you know, when we are faithful to Him, He is faithful to us in, in so many more ways, and He gives us every good and perfect gift from above, and, and He really blessed us in, in an incredible, unbelievable way just by following the principles He, he lays out in His Word. That is absolutely a perfect example, and I'd like you to maybe just stop for a moment, and let's consider somebody listening to this conversation right now, and maybe they're maybe they're discouraged, maybe they're frustrated, because they're in a role where there's some history there, there's some precedent there, and they really sense that God is challenging them, God is calling them to do something different, that God is calling them, you know, to not continue to put new wine into old wineskins, but to put new wine into new wineskins. Could you just offer up a word of encouragement for that leader that right now just needs a word on how to bring about change? 
Yeah, I I would point them to the epistle of joy. You know, it's so it's so incredible that Paul wrote Philippians from prison. If I were in prison, I don't think my letter I would write would sound like Philippians. So it really shows a lot about Paul's heart and his walk with the Lord, and certainly what was being divinely inspired through him to be written for our edification. But I would encourage them to look at Philippians four. I love Philippians four four to eight. So I think as, as we rejoice in in the Lord always, I think whatever circumstances that we're in, sometimes I know in my own heart, my heart can be deceitfully wicked above all things, and and maybe at times I've wanted changes where God hasn't necessarily wanted to deliver me from something, but rather wanted me to go through it. And I think in the midst of hard times, really being gracious to everyone that's around me, knowing how near the Lord is to us. And I think that verse 6 is so important. And it's something that I have to think about sometimes multiple times in the same day about not worrying about anything, but in everything through prayer and petition, making my request known to God. The cool thing is it leads us to verse 7, that this peace of God that is is basically when all understanding says I should not have peace. Mm. It guards my heart and mind in Christ Jesus. And I love you know, the old King James talks about it would keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And I think there's a a picture here of kind of giving us whether we should do this or we should do that, that God's peace would actually direct us. Should I stay or should I go? Should I do this or that? And it kind of is right in keeping with Isaiah forty thirty one that we would hear this voice behind us telling us whether we should go to the left or the right. This is the way, walk in it. That's a verse I pray constantly over my children uh, and over our family. And I would encourage uh, a listener out there that's considering a change to really meditate on Philippians 4, 4 to 8, and really pray Isaiah 40, 31. Good word. Good word. That is so encouraging. Larry, one more time, if our friends and listeners are wanting to learn more about CCA, what's the best way for them to get more information? Yeah, the best way is uh, chaplain.org, and uh, if you go to that homepage, actually you'll see some really cool videos there from companies that we serve, and just some, it it really kind of helps you see what it means from a business perspective to have a chaplain serve you. And we would love to entertain a conversation and explore how chaplaincy could be a great benefit for the employees in your workplace. Fantastic. So, Larry, if you could go back and sit down across the table from the 20-year-old you, what advice would you say to that young man looking back at you? Well, and this is going to be tailor-made to me, uh, uh, so just as I'm just being to be transparent with you, Ray, and with the listeners, I would tell myself, Proverbs 29, 25, that the fear of man is a trap, and that, that I need to live my life for an audience of one. If I, if I go back and I, I look at times where I've stumbled and I've struggled, I think it's often been because I've been too concerned about what others think. I think if I... If I live for God completely and wholly, then He's going to take care of the rest, and I will be living in the fruit of the Spirit. And against such things there is no law as love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, and self-control are in my life. Then I'm going to live at peace with all men as far as it depends upon me. I'm going to be in a great place, and I, I don't need to be worried about what others think or being concerned if I've offended this or that. It's come from a good place, but I think the enemy can twist those, at least in my life, for those to be a trap. That's what I would tell myself. I love it. That statement, just of playing to an audience of one, goes such a long way. 
great, great advice. Whether you're 20, 30, 40, 50, or 60. So Larry, uh, I'm down to really my last question. I mean, not the last question I'd like to ask you, but just the last question that our time frame today is going to allow us. And thank you. What an amazing conversation that we've had today. So my regular listeners here at Bottom Line Faith know that this is always the last question of every conversation, and it's based out of Proverbs 4.23 that says, Above all else, guard your heart, for it determines the course of your life. So, Larry, what I'd like to do is ask you if you could just imagine if you were given the opportunity at the tail end of your time this side of eternity, and you had a chance to gather your family, your friends, your loved ones, those who are most important to you here on earth, and you had a chance to give them one piece of advice, would you just fill in the blank for us, above all else? Abide in the vine. I, I love John 15, and I think you know John 15, 5 is kind of the, the climax of the passage that, you know, apart from God, even with great principles and morality and, and ethics— we are just a withered, dead old branch that should be thrown into a fire. But as we abide in the vine, we come to life as the life is transferred from the vine to the branch, and the branch bears much fruit. And we all want to bear fruit in our lives. We want to be faithful and fruitful to the Lord. And the really cool thing is that, you know, apart from Him, we can't do everything, but in Him, we can do anything. So I think there's nothing more important than having a living, vibrant relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And I love how the Word of God is also called the sword of the Spirit. So I think we live in this vibrant relationship with Jesus Christ by being in His Word, but not reading it as a textbook or as a book of knowledge, but rather letting the Holy Spirit use it as His sword to work in my life so I can abide in the vine, that all blockages are gone, and I can just bear much fruit. And I think that's the most important thing I would tell everyone I know and love uh, before I were to depart planet Earth. I love it. Abide in the vine out of John 15, 5. Larry, I can't thank you enough. It's It was a long time coming, but I'm so glad we had this chance to have the conversation today. I just thank you so much. Well, Ray, I want to thank you for having me as a guest. I just want to affirm you and thank you for your ministry. You know, you just have so many wonderful guests, and I'm just humbled uh, to to have an opportunity to talk with you today. But, you know, they are so rich. And for those that are new listeners, I would encourage them to go back and check out the archives. It's really an amazing spectrum of people that you have had on this podcast, and it's such a blessing. So thank you for serving the Lord with excellence. I am so grateful for those kind words. I'm humbled by them. Well, folks, our guest today has been Larry Griffith, the CEO at Corporate Chaplains of America, and I want to encourage you, go check out their website, learn more about this amazing organization that is transforming the marketplace and lives all across the country for and with Jesus Christ. Check them out at chaplain.org, and if you are a Christ follower, if you're a business leader, a business owner, and you're looking for community with your peers, check out our website at truthatwork.org, truthatwork.org. Click on the Roundtable tab there. We have chapters all across the country. We would love to invite you into a conversation to learn more. Well, until next time, I am your host here at Bottom Line Faith, encouraging you to faithfully serve the Lord each and every day in the marketplace. God bless, folks. We'll see you next time. Bottom Line Faith is brought to you by Truth at Work. 
If you'd like to hear about new episodes or listen to past episodes, visit us online at bottomlinefaith.org. You can also subscribe to the show through Google Play and iTunes. 